I'll always tell it like it is, that's the bottom line If you just living to exist, you want borrowed time Don't ever let them take your soul, no, no, no Don't ever let them take your soul, no, no, no I'll always tell it like it is, that's the bottom line If you just living to exist, you want borrowed time Don't ever let them take your soul, no, no, no Don't ever let them take your soul, no, no, no That's the bottom line that's the bottom line, yeah, that's the bottom, that's the bottom line, that's the bottom Hey guys, Jim Wahlberg here. I want to welcome you back to part two of our conversation with Brandon Novak. This is the bottom line. Uh, it's a 100% truth. If you've been diagnosed with a disease of addiction or alcoholism, all that simply means is you've been diagnosed with a disease that if left untreated equals death. Absolutely. But as far as I'm aware of, it's the only fatal disease from which I possess it tells me I don't have a disease on a daily basis. Mm. Furthermore, lying to me my own voice, making me believe the yep. unbelievable. Follow me. Diagnose me with HIV. I'm rushing to the hospital to, to, to get treatment. I don't want to die fatal disease. Yep. Diagnose me with cancer. I'm rushing to the hospital to get chemo. I don't want to die fatal right. disease. Diagnose me as an addict or an alcoholic. I need a glass of wine or a bag of heroin to figure out what the hell's wrong with you for <laughs> diagnosing with said disease. Right? So, so now I have this, uh, I'm diagnosed with a disease that's, that's deathly, it's fatal. Yep. But I have this brain that lies to me in my own voice that tells me I don't have a disease. I believe that social acceptability equals personal recovery. I have this career that, that the more outrageous I am, the more outlandish my antics are, the, the more in demand I become, the mm. higher my checks are. Um, now I do appearances in nightclubs. They say, okay, Mr. Novak, what would you like on your rider in your green room? Depending on the club, I'd say some heroin, sure. but always cocaine, Xanax, and wine. Yep. They'd say, no problem. They get me those substances. I take pictures, I sign autographs, now at the end of the night I get a check for $10,000. Mm. You tell me my life's unmanageable. I believe that my life is unmanageable, but my bank account seems pretty manageable. <laughs> Social acceptability equals personal right. recovery, right? Right. Now I don't know, hot from cold, up from down, right from left. Right, so the messages, the messages are just all screwed up. Oh. Right? <laughs> Stating it mildly. Yeah. So. So that's from, so that goes from the, the professional skateboarding world yeah. into the jackass world. Right. So now jackass, the world is sort of watching you crash and burn. Yes. Right. They, it's now very sort of before it was your, your circle was watching you kind of fall apart, right? Your skateboard circle was watching you fall apart. Um, now you, the world is watching it. Yes. These guys are insane, right? What are these guys doing? Right. How could, this is nuts, Right. Um, but they're still sort of giving you that, like you said, the more outrageous, yeah. the more reinforcement yeah. you get. Right. Um, so now Bam takes you home. Uh -huh. He takes you in the house. Now Bam has also obviously had some very public difficulties. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, <sighs> Is he just another, and, and this is a very sort of personal question for a person um, that, do you, do you feel like you bear any responsibility for him? Do you think he was kind of just like us, this, we're on the Titanic, it's just a matter of we're in the front of the boat and we're going to get to the bottom of the ocean, or at the back of the boat and it's going to take a little longer to get to the bottom of the ocean, right? Because he didn't even know what heroin was. Yes. Right? Yes. Tell me about that. He, uh, it, it, 
as you know, the disease of addiction just does not discriminate. Yep. Yale or Yale, White House or yep, sure. the results are all the same. Um, and I didn't see it coming with him. I right. didn't. He was the guy that made me want to do better. Mm. He, he, he had the the charisma. He had the drive. He had the wherewithal to like, you know, shoot this, edit for days. You right. know, he just had that mind of like creativeness, unlike anyone I've ever mm -hmm. seen. And somewhere along the way, you know, he's my best friend. I, yep. I know him as well as I know myself. He. He, just like myself and, and a lot of others, he, he suffers with really low self-esteem, mm. right? And and all of a sudden, the bigger he became, the more of a household name he was, you know, on right guard commercials. Yep. You name it, he's doing it. But inside, you have this really low self-esteem sure. little boy who, who, you know, had a lot of unresolved issues. Mm. And, and and despite how many times he was he was there for me and and and... I accredit him to getting me out of Baltimore City. If he didn't, yeah. again, looking back, recognizing the synchronicity of life's events that have led me to the here and now, I, I can kind of strategically place the moves that brought me here. I, I, I'd be in that plot that my mother bought me, no question right. asked. Um, I wouldn't have had the career that I have uh, today without him. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he he's he's been in and out of treatment several times this year you know mm. he's had these public cries for help uh, sure you know the dr phil you name it he's been yeah. on all these things and uh it's sad because uh, he he he's he is i i hope he's doing a little better today but but he kind of is who i was and, right. it, and it's so crazy to see the progression of of a disease take place in someone because the things that he he would call me out on and be like are you this is insane what you know right 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 it's now complete role reversal. Mm. But what's tough is because I was the I was always the guy that was we tour together, we'd film together, everything together. You know, we often joke that we'd be a great marriage we, because we, we <laughs> loved each other so much. Right. And we just weren't sexually involved because right. that's not our thing. But we'd have a great marriage. Yeah. We we're actually going to get married on the Howard Stern show, <laughs> but we didn't. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Uh, but you know his road is 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 gonna be a little bit longer mm. I, I believe and I God knows I hope I'm wrong but but externally he's 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 much more put together right you know but I believe and I know for for certain that he's me and, and I am mm. him and, and he's one of us um, and and that you know we'll see we'll see where it goes with him mm. I guess. you said a bunch of things that I think were really important um, about about him, but also about you, right? So I'm, I'm talking to you, and clearly, you're a very bright guy, right? Um, and you, you had all these things to say about him, about you know, just how smart he was, how creative he was, all these things, right? And, and I think about watching those shows or watching those movies, that would never be what I thought, right? Sure. You would, like, these guys are maniacs, yeah. right? But no, they were, you guys were geniuses, right, that made everybody, this is what we're going to do. We're going to create this illusion that we're complete idiots because exactly. that's what's going to sell, right? Yeah. So I, I guess that's really interesting. And the other thing I, I, I think about is I think about my, my own life. So um, I do five years, 
I get out and I'm out for six months. And for that six months, I'm running around with a guy probably after about three months because I was either in a gray out or a blackout the entire six months, right? And I'm running around with a guy who's shooting 10 bags of dope in the morning to get regular, not to get high, yeah. just to get regular, right? Billy Lee, he's, he, he died recently. He lived a long, long life for a guy who was shooting so much, sure. so much drugs. But anyways, so I was a full-blown alcoholic. That was my love, was alcohol. Oh, that's a rarity these yeah. days. And so I wake up in the morning like this, yeah, yeah. vibrating. Yeah. He woke up in the morning possessed. Yeah. So it was the perfect friendship, right? Because <laughs> he could get me off E, yeah. right? Because there was nothing stopping this guy, Sure. right? And I remember having the thought that I was going to, I wanted to be like that. Right. I didn't want to feel the way it was like the grass was greener somewhere uh -huh. else. Right. I don't want to feel the way I feel in the morning. Somehow I because I, I clearly didn't have an understanding of what he felt in the morning. Sure. He was possessed. Right. It was like there was nothing going to stand in the way of him getting that. Yeah. What he needed so that he didn't have to feel the way he felt. At that point, it's not personal. It's just yeah. business. Oh, and he and he would do anything. Sure. I would be outside of a store. He would walk in and just and he always knew what to take. Right? <laughs> yeah. He would steal the weirdest stuff. He would steal shower curtains, mm -hmm. the whole rack. He would grab the rack and walk out. Or he'd fill a shopping carriage full of meat yeah, it's in the ingenious. deli counter and walk out and then nowhere sell to go. Like that. And nowhere to go to sell it, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, for, and I was able to get a drink. The one and only time I ever stuck a needle in my arm was with him. And we were in the projects in South Boston. And, you know, he was doing his thing. And, uh, and I, I didn't shoot. Dope, but I shot coke, right? Which is a, just a whole nother level of insanity, mm -hmm. right? And that night, God intervened on my behalf. That night, I got arrested because I made a decision to switch seats on the Titanic that day. Yeah. I knew oh, wow. that that next day, I wasn't shooting Things coke. were changing. I was, going, I was going in his direction. I wanted to be, wow. I wanted to be who he That's was. Powerful, man. And that night, Literally. Wow. And he intervened in not in the in the way that most people think. You know, I was sure. I was in a I was in a blackout walking around checking people's that. doors. Oh, right? Yeah, on their right houses. There. This is a dangerous situation. And I walk into somebody's house, nobody's home, oh. and I start collecting their belongings and putting it by the door. And on the way out the door, it's two o'clock in the morning. On the way out the door, I think. I'm going to look in the fridge. I open up the fridge. There's a couple of beers in there. So I crack one open and sit down at the kitchen table well, and I'm you? drinking the beer and I kind of doze off a little bit. The next thing you know, I'm beaten. I'm being beaten over the head by a cop. It was his house. Oh, wow. He came home for a coffee break and I was sitting in his kitchen having a drink. And uh, that's the way God intervened. I love those stories. On my behalf, right? Divinely inconvenienced. Yeah. Not like, hey, let me pull you yeah. and, and no. I'm going to pull you out of this, 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 this devastation. It doesn't work for people it like was, you and I. I woke up in the police station the next morning covered with blood. Yeah. I had no idea I was there. And had they said to me, you killed somebody, <laughs> I would have pled guilty to it because I wouldn't have, there was no, I had no ability to not. I, uh. I would have said, yeah, because it was it was not uncommon to wake up somewhere yeah. and not know how I got there or anything that happened the previous night or day or whatever it was. So changing seats on the Titanic was, 
it was a real thing for me. It was a real, like, I don't want to feel the pain I feel. I don't understand the pain he feels because I don't feel it. So I'd rather feel his pain because it's unknown. I know how bad my pain is. Yeah, and I want no part of that. Yeah. I mean, that's just a Sunday morning for people like you and I. Yeah. Oh, man. That guy lived for, Billy Lee lived using for so long. It was crazy. You want to know how he, this guy died? He drowned. No way. He, dr- he ended up in a couple of movies. It's crazy as it sounds. He ended up in the, <laughs> he ended up in the fighter playing a drug addict. Yeah. He ended up in another movie playing a drug addict. I think he was in The Departed. He was playing a cop. But he had no lines. <laughs> but, you know, it was yeah. the, the scene when they throw Martin Sheehan off the roof of the building in, in The Departed. And he's one of the cops there. But uh, the whole time, using his whole life, and then, um, yeah, man, he went swimming one day at the at the at the the L they call it the L Street Brownies. It's a little um, uh, these guys go swimming in the wintertime, and he jumped in the water and, and died. But not wow. the way you would think no. a drug addict would die, right? Um, so Jackass is over. Yeah. Like, wh- where are you now? The famous fleeting again, right? Because you yeah. went yeah. here, down, yeah. you knew what it was, you lost it, you got it back, which is a miracle, yeah. right? A crazy miracle, yeah. right? But unheard of, right? Yeah. Usually people, you get one shot, you get your 15 minutes, and you go away, Absolutely. right? So now jackass is over. Now you're you're publicly a crazy person. Yeah, I was like, you took the words, right. almost, you know, I dare to say publicly humiliating myself. Yes. Which I would have said at the time. Not even at the time. I, I don't no. know. If that, because, as you know, our, our, our defects become our assets. Sure. But I don't see that yet. Oh, yeah. I don't see this thing uh, having the ability to serve me. Right. Not only me, but the masses right. yet. Yeah. Um, but from a very young age, my mother used to tell me, show me who you walk with and I'll tell you who you are. Mm. Which I believe played a part in transcending into social acceptability equal personal right. recovery. Because everything is external. I'm trying to fill this internal void with an external solution through the money, the property, the prestige, mm-hmm. the women, the, the states, the countries, the, yep. anything but me. Mm-hmm. Anything. Because God dare I look at myself. Right, right, right. And if I do, and that moment of clarity hits, give me a shot of heroin or a, a glass of wine so I can right. escape the reality that I, Brandon Novak, have yet again created for myself. Mm-hmm. So now... I'm in and out of treatment centers. I see that it works for you. I see that it works for you, but it cannot work for me. Right. I'm so internally unique, Mm. right? That you just do not, you haven't seen what I've seen. Right. You you didn't watch your father cut your mother's throat at the age of seven. At the age of eight, your father didn't take you to the strip joint. When he was in the back conducting business, they didn't sit you at the bar stool as the pretty dancing girls would pour shots of ginger ale and Coca-Cola into shots. You'd do the shots. Right. The girls would dance. Your father would give you that look of approval. You didn't end up in these movies that broke box office records that, that, that afforded you the opportunity to, to do appearances in nightclubs as they provided drugs and alcohol for Termi- you. And then terminal you uniqueness. Yes, yeah. right? So, so it's not going to work for right. you. So, so I have a plan. This plan is going to work. No questions asked. This plan is going to work. Strap me to a polygraph. I will have every police officer in the world pat me on the back saying, Mr. Novak, we wish everyone was as honest as you are. The world will be a better place to live in. That's how much is, I bet my mother's life on it where she stands yeah. right now. Just painting this picture of, of how, how disconnected from reality and or normality mm. I really am. Right? The abnormal has become the normal. Yeah, sure. I'm living uh, on that animalistic level. 
and I don't even see it, and that's scary. Um, but I'm gonna move to Helsinki, Finland. That's gonna, get it it's gonna work. Yeah, sure. It's across the world. They don't even speak my language there. Mm. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna regroup. I'm gonna rebrand. I'm gonna reassess. I'm gonna reevaluate. I'm gonna redo life because I don't like the results that I'm receiving from my life. Furthermore, drugs and alcohol in Westchester, Pennsylvania, or Baltimore, Maryland. So I fly to Helsinki. Get off the plane, I go to to the Rich Carlton version, right? Because social mm-hmm. acceptability, personal sure. recovery. Show me who you walk with, I'll tell you who you are. And I and I, I vow to not drink or drug there. I'm gonna change everything. I get off the plane, I go to this very nice five-star hotel, and I, I go directly to the lobby bar. I order a glass of wine. There's four glasses to a bottle. I've now graduated to the bottle. And in doing so, I met a woman at the bar. She slides me a number. I'm now having heroin in abundance delivered to mm. me. And I go in the bathroom and I'm doing what I do, and I and I called one of those sponsors that I acquired along the way sure. to simply get my therapist off my back because right. I wanted a few extra hours on my day pass, right? Um, and I said, Lex, how did this happen? This was not supposed to be this way. Mm. I, I was not going to do what I was doing in Westchester or Baltimore. How did I end up here? And he said, well, if you have a second, I'd like to share with you something. But after all, I know you're a very busy man with a very full itinerary. And after all, these international calls can be quite pricey. And I don't want to break your bank. What, Lex? He said, uh, I guess you skimmed over the part where we talked about geographical change does not yeah. equal recovery. Yeah. You can't shake your shadow. You take you with you everywhere mm. you go. I put you in Finland, you shoot dope. I put you in Florida, you shoot dope. Uh, it rains, you shoot dope. It, it, it's sunny, you shoot dope. Uh, your mother dies, you shoot dope. A baby's born, you shoot You want to talk about triggers? My triggers are when my eyelids open. I can justify when any time, place, feeling, or sensation makes sense to get high on. Mm. And he said, if you have another second, I'd like to share with you something else, but I know you're a really busy man with a lot of things to do. <laughs> I love I, this guy. These calls are very expensive. <laughs> I, I, what? He said, uh... I hate to inform you of this, and I wish that I was lying, but I'm not. The, the drugs and alcohol are not your problem. They're not my problem. Well, what are you talking about, Lex? I've, I've given it homes. I've given it careers. I've, I've given it my family. I've given it my sexuality. I, it asks, I give, because I don't have the privilege to right. not. Right. That thing dictates what I do, when I do, and who I do it with. He said, no. He said, it's, it's not your problem. It's the solution to your very problem. Mm. It is the answer to your questions. It is the answer to your problem. He said, do me a favor. He said, I want you to take that needle out of your arm. I want you to stop what you're doing. I want you to stare directly into the mirror in front of you, and I want you to tell me what you see. Better yet, don't say a word. I am going to tell you what you're looking at. You're staring directly into the eyes of your problem. Mm. <laughs> that was not how I expected that yeah. phone call to go, nor how I wanted it to go. Yeah, because it, someone He's told a beast. me, yeah, and someone told me in treatment this last time, God willing, they said, "If you're not happy with the position you're in, I want you to do me a favor. Take a look at who put you here." Mm. He said, the "Last I checked, and I ended up in a state-ran facility that cost two dollars to get into. Yeah, it wasn't a." A, a, a plush bed and breakfast. He said, the last time I checked, you didn't receive an a, a email for a 30-day bed and breakfast in, in beautiful Bucks County. <laughs> and man, did that piss me off. Mm. I don't like to look at me. I, we've talked about this. Yeah. And now for the first time, I don't have the solution when I'm forced to look at myself. That moment of clarity, while <laughs> under a high level of, 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 of acute stress and detox... Without my solution, I'm like a stranger in my own mm. skin trying to figure out who let me in and why. 
I don't like it. But I don't like this because I don't like what it does to me. But yet, I don't like me. And I want to kill myself, but I don't want to hurt myself in the process right now. I'm horrible at suicide because I keep waking up. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? So you know what I do? I jump on a plane, I fly back, and I decide I'm going to write a book. <laughs> I'm going to write a book. Now, right, I have no high school diploma. Yep. I got my GED while incarcerated uh, after my first book was published. Right. But I decided I'm going to write a book. I'm no fool by any means. We talked about it. If Are I sure? believe it, I can see it, man. Uh, I'm incarcerated after my first book is released. Um, and in, 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 during incarceration, they say, hey, GED classes, if you'd like to sign up. Sure. That's a great idea. A, I have the time. What else? And B, if you, if you, you passed your GED in the specific facility I was incarcerated in, you were awarded the opportunity to have a pizza party supplied by Domino's. As you would know, that's a no-brainer for people like us. Pizza party, I'm in. And Domino's. So here's the beauty of that. I aced that GED like a Harvard graduate. I did not miss one question. Mm. And it wasn't because I, I wanted to write home to my mother, whom I love dearly, and sure. say, your son's a high school graduate. I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I did so well, right, because as being diagnosed as an addict or an alcoholic along the way, all that simply means for a person like me, when I say, hi, my name is Brandon, I'm an alcoholic, all that means, in layman's terms, I'm defiant by nature, I hate authority, and I will never, ever conform, mm. unless it becomes my idea, right? right? Because I possess that job that consists of knowing everything. Yep. So tell me what I need to do. I tell you I need to get lost because I know. Mm. And my resume states that I know because I've done some things in life that people equate to success or happiness. Right. Furthermore, digging me deeper in my own hole. Right. Um, but I decide I want to take this GED. I, I, I pass it. Don't miss a question. And the reason why I did so bad for so many years in so many treatment centers, so many 12-step meetings, doctors, psychiatrists, offices, because it was not my idea. Right. If it was my idea, I would have excelled at a rapid base and been a billboard for any mm. treatment facility in the world. But I decide I'm going to write a book. Pen and paper. Literally, I write 12 chapters. I, I, I go to what is now my co-author, a fellow by the name of Joe Franz, and I say, how's a book written? And this is how the book was actually derived, right? right. Uh, living with Bam. After we were filming Viva La Bams and stuff, we would go to the bar, and, and the cast and crew would be at a big table after filming all day. Sure. And Bam was always really intrigued with my heroin stories, mm. the places that it allowed me to end up in, the positions it put me in, and whom I was always surrounded with. He loved them. Right. So he's like, tell this story, tell that story. And when I would tell the story, you could hear a pin drop in a bar uh, at a table of cast and crew, 50 sure. at least. Yep, yep. And he said, you know what? New deal. You're going to write a book. I have no desire to write a book. I have no urge. I, I have nothing about me says I want to be an author. I right. care less. Yeah. He said, you're going to write a book. He said, new deal. You're going to live at my house. You're going to continue to be on the shows. You're going to continue to get paid. You'll have a credit card. Uh, and then you also get paid by MTV. Um, now Paramount Pictures. Um, you're going to write a book. You're to carry a pen and paper in your hand at all times. The first time I do not see you with a pen and paper in your hand, despite if you're writing or not, yep. you have to have it. The first time you don't have that in your hand, deals off, you're going back to Baltimore. Mm. I didn't want to go back to Baltimore. Sure. I knew I did not want to. So I did that. And about a year later, I said, I think I'm finished. And I've turned 12 chapters to my co-author. 
He turned 12 chapters into 23 chapters. Uh, Bam's manager got me a literary agent, right? Um, that literary agent shopped the manuscript around. Uh, Citadel Press, Kensington Publishers, bought my book. Mm. Now all of a sudden, I've, I've become a published author. I'm a published author who's written a book on addiction. I'm a published author who's written a book on addiction. The book becomes a New York Times seller. I'm receiving hundreds of thousands of pieces of mail from all over the world of, of people saying, I read your book. It saved my life. Mm. I read your book. I didn't want my story to get as bad as yours. I have 30 days. Right. I read your book. I understand when my daughter picks the bottle over coming to have dinner with me. It's not that I'm a bad mom. It's that she suffers with a disease of alcoholism. My delusional alcoholic mind just told me I wrote the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> what I failed to share with you is that I wrote that book while drinking nothing but red wine and sniffing copious amounts of cocaine. Yeah. You know, and it, and it wasn't like a recovery book. It was just an autobiography of my life. Sure. So I wasn't portraying recovery. I was just simply telling you my life. I just did really well. But you think that, like, I was going to conform to, to walking into a facility and saying, you know what, you're right. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you show me the way? I just wrote the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> Good luck trying to tell me what I need to do to get sober, pal. <laughs> so when, so tell me about what that, that so point where you're, when you're beat into a state of reasonableness, yeah. right? Because that's what it amounts that's, to, right? We yes. get beat into a state of reasonableness yeah. where Literally. we think, I got to do something different. Yeah. Everything that I've done up until this point, you have a moment of clarity. <laughs> Everything I've yeah. done up until this point has got me here to this $2 treatment center, mm-hmm. right? It ain't working. Yeah. Right? So it, I, I could... My story just goes, but to, yeah. to fast forward to that part, which is a, is a very crucial part, it's, it's the game change. It changed the terms of my contract. Sure. I was supposed to go on a tour with Bam and, and this guy's to, to Australia. I showed up in his house completely high out of my mind. Lots of Xanax, lots yeah. of heroin. He says, this is it. You're done. Get out. Throws me out. I mean, I, I was done. Everything had faded away. People didn't care. I was more of a burden. You know, I, I just want to stop you and just say, when you say that, right, when I think about that, I think about the lack of understanding that other people have, right? It's because people, a lot, so many people think addiction is a choice. Sure. Right? It's not an illness. It's not a disease. It's a choice. Why do you choose to do that? When all of this is available to you, yeah. we're going to go to Australia, yeah. we're going to do all this stuff. Why don't, why don't you just get it together? How many times yeah. have we as addicts heard somebody say, why don't you just stop? And I wanted to just stop. Yeah, of course I you really did. did. Of course you did. God, did I. Yeah, you had all that opportunity, I right? To. I didn't yeah. want to hurt the people I hurt. I didn't want, it was no longer fun. Mm. The party was over. I was. I was merely, and I say merely, surviving at best. Mm. <laughs> you know, dreading tomorrow. Dreading tomorrow. Even high. It, it, what happened is it stopped working. Prior to that, without fail, I put the needle in my arm. Heroin produces effect that allows me to escape the reality that I have created for myself. Mm. Without fail. Right. So despite being homeless, living in Baltimore City, standing on the corner of Eastern Avenue in Patterson Park, prostituting my body for $40, I put that injection in my arm. The physical, the, the, the physical appearance takes a place, which allows me to escape my reality. I'm, I'm fine. How old are you at this point? At that point of the story I just yeah. explained to you, 32-ish, 32-ish. Right. right. So I, I want to go back to that because when we talked the last time and we did this the first time, 
um, you said that, yeah. right? And for me, like, I'm just like, uh-huh, right? Like, yeah. okay, that makes perfect sense, right? But for, for an audience that doesn't necessarily understand what it is we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a guy who is, had these huge waves of fame and fortune, right? And your addiction brings you to a place where you're in Patterson, New Jersey, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. On Patterson Park in East yeah. Oh, Patterson Park, okay. Yeah. Prostituting yourself yeah. to get high. Yeah. And not even, and I want to I wanna say this because I think people need to understand this, right? It almost feels like the powers that be, whoever the powers that be are, <laughs> should change this thing that they call getting high, right? Because you ain't getting high. No. At that point, you're just trying to get well, you're just trying to not feel the way you yes. feel. It's not about getting high. It, it sounds so high. Desirable. Right? Yeah, it's not. We're, we're talking about this guy is in this park, right? You're, 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 you're selling your body. Um, Don't want to do anything yeah, of course. you're doing. Well, of course not. Who There's does? There's not one right? part of this scenario that I, yeah. I, I look forward to. Right. Selling your body just to get enough, just so you can hand that, whatever that money is, that 10 or 20 bucks, right to somebody else to get that thing back in your that arm. God willing will produce an effect or feeling that will allow me to escape my reality, Ugh. which is, uh, my mother's bought me a plot. I've been in 12 inpatient treatment centers. I've lost count of outpatients and detoxes. I've been medevaced to four different hospitals in four different states from four different overdoses. My, my mother has sold three homes to financially pay for me to go to two different treatment centers. Mm. She has nothing left to give. She's went to church across the street, and, and Father Mike saw her in the pew crying uncontrollably. And Father Mike said, Miss Pat, what's wrong? Miss Pat, my mother, said, Father Mike, it's Brandon. He's never been worse. There's nothing left I can do, so I've simply went to God with one prayer. Father Mike said, oh, yeah, Miss Pat, what's that prayer? Ms. Pat, my mother said, Father Mike, it's very simple. The prayer consists of God, please cure him, or God, please kill him, because mm. I can't take it anymore. So I'm merely wow. doing all these things to produce 10 or $20 in hope and search that it will be good enough that will allow me to escape the reality of addressing those issues. Mm. I, I, I did a podcast just a couple of last week with, uh, with Daryl Mack from Run DMC, yeah. right? We talked about um, sort of, he, he, he spent a lot of years very, very depressed, full-blown alcoholic, drank like a fish 24 hours a day, um, but, and then had to get.